You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we have a very special episode. It's going to be heavy on Oscar talk and bullshit-free. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, Meet the Movie Pressers. Uh, I am your loyal host, Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at the Simon Thompson is out on special assignment today, and it's a very special show. Uh, joining us to uh, as co-host, Jeffrey Wells, owner of Hollywood Elsewhere, Hollywood Hyphen Elsewhere. He's a fellow hyphen brother. You can, you understand the pain of the hyphen. I was forced into that hyphen 13 years ago. And I was told you can't, you know, I had to do it. And then the guy who had actual Hollywood Elsewhere without the hyphen wanted $5,000 for the use. And I told him to go F himself. Yeah. No, hey, you, you have owned the hyphen. <laughs> it works for you. Um... All right, we have a lot of show to cover, uh, but, 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 but you know, before we do, uh, I don't know why I can't talk this morning, mm. um, let's hear a little bit about Jeff Wells. So tell me, you've been doing this a while, tell us the sort of about your rise. Like, how did you wind up to, uh, to, to where you are? How did you become the H.E. Samurai print, Poet? Print-based from the uh, basically early 80s. Um, L.A. Times Syndicate starting in 94, going to 99. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, 91 to 96. Nine, uh, People Magazine, 96 98, started uh, an online column with Mr. Showbiz, then Real.com uh, in 98, 99. And then I did a thing with Kevin Smith for two years on Movie Poop Shoot. <laughs> a classic. And then, I, I'll never forget that one. And then uh, I started on my own in 04, Hollywood Elsewhere. Did, I sold my own ads for the first time, uh, life-changing uh, experience. And I've been an independent operator ever since so far. Uh, and, and I'm very jealous of that. You know, like, I think that that independence really lets you be free and speak your mind, which a lot of people don't in our profession. Uh, and, it, and it's very refreshing. And that's why I find you to be, you know, one of my daily reads. Thank you, man. Uh, it, it, you're, you're free to say what you want. But at the same time, the world is on your back. You're aware of all the political factors, just like you were when you were working for the New York Daily News or whatever. So it's not really liberating but it's more liberating than having to listen to people tell you not to do this not to do that right uh and, yeah. and you know I will, I will say that jeff was the one journalist uh who actually um you know spoke to me after the the mashable debacle and and sort of stepped up and wrote some kind words uh and i will uh, always remember that so thank you um all right Let's talk, you know, let's talk about new releases. I feel like new releases kind of get the shaft on the show. We're always looking with an eye towards the future. Um, but, but this week's a good one. We've got Logan Lucky, Patty Cakes, Crown Heights, a lot of good stuff. So what was your favorite out of, like, those three? Definitely Logan Lucky. Interesting. Because, because, okay. it, because it's entirely smooth and relatively rough, um, um, turbulent-free movie that just glides along, and it's very agreeable. And Soderbergh is such a sharp filmmaker; he really knows how to cut and time uh, all these sequences. He does it very low key. It's you know, it's Ocean's Seven Eleven, is what Ann Thompson has called it. Right. And it's and it's fine. You know, you go there, and there's no problems. It's a very now. Is that enough to make people say, well, let's definitely go see it, or not? Not wait for streaming. I have a feeling that half the people are going to say, it sounds good. I'll see it on streaming. 
Um, I don't know what the theatrical is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think that the theatrical is looking very good. I think it's tracking for an under ten million debut. Uh, but as you said the other day in your column, you know, there's a certain type of Hollywood journalist who cares about box office numbers. I'm not really one of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I liked Logan Lucky. I would definitely recommend see it. it. It was a fun time at the movies. I don't think it was anything special in his filmography. It wasn't um, a knockout. It wasn't traffic. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Ocean's yeah. Eleven either. Um, but I had fun with it. And Daniel Craig, uh, you know, f- for He's all the good. Bond bullshit yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah. yeah, he is good as Joe Bang. I I, I got to say the um, I I kind of liked Logan Lucky more than the Ocean's film because people were less slick. They're more vulnerable. There's a whole you know rural uh, redneck quality that you, mm-hmm. you, know, you kind of feel for these people, even though they. Gave us the worst president in the history of the country. <laughs> no, wait. Let me ask you this: You have written. Uh, you're, I don't believe you to be an Adam Driver fan, are you? No, no. You are in this one. I definitely was. Right. I was going to ask if you, but and in girls, general, do you like him? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought I. Him. Okay. I thought I. I had. He was on on He's shit list. Uh, no. No. Okay. I, I really, he's he's cool. I just don't. You know, I've never had a problem with any of his performances. I I, I thought he was really strong and. Uh, almost, uh, you know, like whoa, challenging in girls. That mm-hmm. was the, the thing that really got me. So yeah, I thought he was excellent in girls, and, and he's yeah. and he's good here uh, as a man with one arm. Um, Crown Heights uh, also comes out today with Lakeith Stanfield about a guy uh, who was basically put in prison for twenty years for something he didn't do. Uh, it, it's a it's a terrifying thought, yeah. uh, and I preferred this movie to Detroit, as I think you have me said. Too. Me too. You feel it without it being pushed in your face that this is an ugly, horrendous, you know, uh, soul-smothering system in which the poor guy uh, can't get a break and his friend's trying to get him out and and it goes on for this. It's it's like Henry Fonda in The Wrong Man, except his ordeal lasts for seven, eight months and this guy's lasts for 20 years and it's all real. And it's so well-assembled, so nicely written. Uh, it's it's really a good film. Um, and oh, like, so why is this only getting a sixty something? On I mean, it's it's a it's a small movie, admittedly, and, and and you know, Lakeith is is becoming a star. I don't know that he is is there yet. I don't know if he's a household name yet. He was the guy I liked the most in the Brad Pitt uh, uh, movie in uh, War Machine. Yeah, he was he, the one you. He's you a Lakeith is a very good actor. I mean, you know, he 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 has a very bright future. Um, what, what, he's in Get Out. He's on Atlanta. I mean, yeah. he's versatile. Like, you know, he, he can mix it up and surprise you. But he has to talk to Wikipedia because they're still calling him Keith. F- first of all. They won't do the Lakeith, you know, and I've mentioned this a couple of times. Somebody's going to get what he should, you know, his management, somebody. So I, I know I know his manager quite well, uh, <laughs> Colin Stark, and I have had this very discussion with him about the, the branding because it is a little bit confusing. I yeah. think that they are sticking with Lakeith for now. Um, Works for me. Yeah. Uh, and so Colin also represents, and, and I'm going to have an interview going up with this actor later today, uh, Siddharth Dhananjay, who plays Jerry in Patty Cakes. Okay. Yeah, he's good. I yeah. like him. The blue eyes, right? Uh, no, the, no, the Indian friend. Oh, the Indian. Uh, pa- Sorry. Patty's Sorry. best friend. Sorry. Yeah. Um, right. No, the other guy's Ma- Mamadou Athi, and he, mm. he's interesting, too. Mm. Mm. So Patty Cakes comes out uh, on you know today, I guess, and, and Patty Cakes is honestly my second favorite movie of the year. I've seen it twice now. I thought it held up the second time. 
I find it to be emotional. I think Danielle McDonald is incredible in it. Where do you fall on this? It's it's a little bit like Hustle and Flow. I think Hustle and Flow is a slightly better film, but it's certainly Rocky-esque. And what's the third one? Is it not, it's basically the... Eight Mile. Yeah, Eight Mile. It's the right. underdog who's got all kinds of issues. There's low self-esteem. There's social forces. Where, and, the, and, the, and she, in this instance, makes it at the end, which you kind of know is going to happen because it's very much of a formula thing. But if it's well done, and if you like it, and if it's engaging... You don't care if it's formula, but un- strangely, about uh, a third of the critics think it's a problem because it's formula. Yeah, I'm actually surprised uh, that there's a little bit of pushback on that title. I was super impressed by it. It's a first film, uh, as is Crown Heights, I believe. Um, and I was, I was really, I really like Bridget Everett in this. Uh, Patty, pa- Patty's mother. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the the torch singer with a with a belter belting uh, <laughs> singing style. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, so, this is this is really good. I mean, I I never uh, lost interest. I it was I liked every performance. I loved uh, Dan- Danielle, right? Yeah, Danielle yeah, McDonald. She's wonderful, mm-hmm. um, and she's a star. I think. So. Uh, and, and that's the thing about you know you're seeing a lot of these stories, these end of summer stories, talking about how bad the box office was and how bad a summer it was. The truth is, this happens to be a very good month for indies between Patty Cakes and Crown Heights and things like Ingrid Goes West mm-hmm. and Wind River and. Uh, well, you know, whatever else came out last week, there was a good I time. I've seen Ingrid Goes Which, West. What do you think of that? Film? Uh, I I loved Ingrid Goes West. I, I mean, obnoxiousness to the extreme. Right? Uh, well, I mean, it's about you know social media and how addictive it is, and and I've certainly felt that. I, I felt like it's a negative presence at times. It's gotten me into trouble. Uh, <laughs> I've had to take a fifty day break from it. So uh, yeah, I th- I think and Aubrey really impressed me too. I didn't know that she had that performance in her, uh, but I haven't been watching Legion. Um, you know what? When you meet people in in a room like we are speaking to each other, when you meet them at a party, there's a way you are. There's how you express yourself, and that's fine. Nobody is so um, uh, aggressive or vulgar as to cause fights or problems. However, say the same things online. you say to a party online, and particularly on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you be, and, and the and the banshees come at you. It's it's a horrendous uh, environment out there, and and you have to. You know, obviously, you ran into a brick wall for a while. There, yeah. other people have been uh, murdered on Twitter just because they didn't say it in the right way. They said it at the wrong time. Right. You know, people imply that they meant other things besides what they specifically said. I, I get this all the time, and it's awful. People are too sensitive these days. I mean, it's an industry: uh, offense, rage. How dare you? You know. Right, like Bill Maher says, you know, you know, your feelings are hurt. Okay, you're angry. Okay, right. Can you maybe move on and do the talk about the next topic? Does it right. Have to be, the, the the worst thing know. in the world on, on Twitter is to have your your feelings hurt these days. Yeah, uh, yeah. people got to get over that stuff. All right, so we covered this week's new releases. Let's talk about uh, Hollywood Elsewhere's Oscar spitball chart. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up because uh, we got to talk Oscars. Like you're gonna start to see prediction pieces. The fall f- festivals are about to start. Yep. Uh, I got to launch my own uh, Oscar column the last time I wrote that thing. It got me fired. So uh, what and you said, by the way, for that particular thing, uh-huh. you said exactly what three other or two other or three other yes. columnists said. Exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be the headline, which that which I did, which I didn't, didn't write. write. Uh, <laughs> and again, it's, it's tough mean, putting honestly. advancing that idea 
I guess, before other people, and it was completely proven to be accurate. Moonlight ended up winning Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Anyway, I, just <laughs> uh, to say, I had to say that and get that out. No, th- thank you. Uh, thank you for reminding everybody. Uh, I, th- I just, I, I don't think Mashable had ever been in the center of a controversy like that and didn't know uh, really how to respond yeah. or uh, stand yeah. by the writer. Yeah. Anyways, Hol- uh, Hollywood Elsewhere's Oscar spitball. So what do you think is like the number one like shoe-in for Best Picture? You gotta say Dunkirk at the top because it's out. Everybody's seen it. It's made a hundred and sixty something million, it'd probably end up over two fifty. It's a it's a hit and it's an art film uh, extraordinaire and I don't see it's just because we've seen it mainly. That's why I put it at the top because it's undoubtedly going to be one of the best picture nominees, no question. I I completely agree. Uh, you know, even though I thought that this movie lacked a, a certain heart and, and thought it was just more of a technical achievement and a, and a formal exercise. That's what art uh, films do. They lack a certain heart. There, there's a Yeah, it, it's, austere, it's definitely getting you know. in. It's definitely getting in. Um, and I think yeah. Steven Spielberg's The Papers, he would, it would have to really go off the rails to not get a nomination. It's going to probably You've read nominated. the script, right? I've read a version. Right, okay. Right. Now, it was the woman who, um, now, I've, now her name just flew out of my head. But she, that's the script that Amy Pascal is it, bought. Liz, is it Liz, like Hannah, maybe? Something yeah, something like, like that. And, and it's a very well-written script. However, it's about a woman growing a journalistic background, a, a woman being Catherine Graham of the Washington Post. Right, growing a backbone. And the problem is that she doesn't even start to think about growing the backbone until page 80. And it's 130-something pages, at least the one the version I read. Mm. Therefore, you know, after about an hour, he's saying, so are we going to do something besides... You know, uh, you know, recoil from the responsibilities of being a tough uh, uh, publisher. So that's the only. They brought a guy in to rewrite. Maybe they punch it up, and maybe it starts happening. Say at the forty-minute mark, something like that. That's the only problem. I like when when Spielberg kind of works quick and dirty like this. Like this movie came together super fast, lightning fast, uh, and he, and Bridge of Spies was really the same way. And I thought Bridge of Spies was really good. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Besides Hanks and Streep, it still has you know a great ensemble. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was up for like a SAG ensemble yeah. uh, award. I can see all this happening. There's a lot of very well written um, supporting roles so, and the whole ambiance. You know, the, it's going to recall right. all the president's men. The whole Washington Post newsroom thing. So right, obviously, yeah. you know, journalism is a hot button topic right now uh, with, with Trump. So I think that those two are really your your two shoe ins. Uh, now you have uh, Call Me By Your Name at number two. I have not seen this yet. Nobody has invited me. Classics, uh, but but you love this movie. What do you love about it? It's um, the most effect- emotionally affecting and soothing and feel good gay romance film I've ever seen. More better than Brokeback Mountain. That's a tragic, which I love. That's not a gay romance. Film. Okay, that's about refuse about Heath Ledger's uh, character being too afraid, too hung up, too closeted, too fearful. To, to open himself up to a relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. This is about something that That's gradually a... happens, and it's so wonderfully slow burn, and it, when it finally does happen, it's completely satisfying. And the ending is absolutely killer. There's a uh, scene with... Don't spoil it now, Jeff. Okay, I won't spoil it. <laughs> but there's a wonderful scene at the end that ties it all together, and it's emotional, and it's by far the best. And Now, here's the only thing. Last year, a gay-themed or a gay-ish film one right. of the best picture so people are going to say I know that a lot of homophobes or whomever are going to say well look we already did the gay thing last year so do we have to do it again I would say yes you do have to get do it again because this is so much more of a, of a thrilling accomplishment than no offense Moonlight was I mean do you think that that it has what it takes to win or you think it's just a nominee it's a nominee 
Okay. Um, well, it yes, I would, I, I would it, love to see that. I would love to see it, and you know, I'd like to see it happen. Uh, I mean, a win, but it won't because I think what I just said. I <laughs> want to go to gay films. Which well. actor do you think has the best shot of getting nominated between Army and Timothy and I guess Michael Stuhlberg, who I've heard is fantastic, Stuhlberg too. is definitely going to get Best Supporting Actor nominated because, again, this final scene. Okay. And uh, definitely Timothy Chalamet. He's, he's, the, he's the comer. Army is superb. It's the best thing he's done, and I think it, it has saved him because, you know, there was Lone Ranger and there was um, Dude, Man did, from Did Uncle. you see Mine this, this year? I didn't. Where he, like, steps on a mine and has to stand there for 90 oh, yeah, minutes? yeah, yeah, No, I didn't see that. That was bad. That no. was real bad, Army. <laughs> um, there was a Serbo-Croat film very much like that that was really good back in 05 or 04. Oh, really? You remember? There was a guy mm-hmm. who was stepping on it and he couldn't leave, and it was a metaphor at the end for how... The combatants in that conflict can't. Oh, a fascinating premise. I watched it the, the day it hit VOD, but uh, probably may have worked better as, as a uh, as a short film. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, no armies. Everybody's great, and Luca Guadagnino is a genius, and it's going to be a, a, a huge hit with people that love real emotion. I mean, it's it's really so sublime. So. Last uh, before we move on to the next title, mm-hmm. last question on on that one. Do you think that Timothy's age will affect him as far as getting a nomination because we saw Lucas Hedges get a nomination for Manchester by the Sea, but that was supporting. Lead, it's it's a little bit tougher for younger men to crack the field. Younger women you know, the best actress category loves its ingenues, but best actor, there's a feeling like you have to earn it. You know what I mean? Uh, there is that feeling, and they tend to say, very good, well, maybe we'll nominate you, but that's as far as it goes. Right. It would be good if he does get a nominee. He should get one, because mm-hmm. you really do remember his performance in, in uh, all kinds of positive and intriguing ways. He does some really nice things in every single scene of that film. He's a very talented actor, and he yeah. just got cast in Woody Allen's new yep. movie. Yep. Um, and speaking of Woody Allen's movie, you don't have it on in your top 13 right now, but but are you getting any sense that it could get in there by the end of the, the season? I tapped that out with my understanding that the thing about Wonder Wheel that everybody's going to see is, want to see it for is Kate Winslet's allegedly very uh, strong and powerful performance. However, since tapping that out, this is only the last couple of days, um, I heard from a mutual friend of ours who said he heard it's quote-unquote great, and then I've heard from another friend back east who said, explained a little bit more about how good it is. So I didn't realize until really yesterday how allegedly good it is. So I, if I were to redo this list, I would put it in. Okay, so uh, we could be looking at uh, a, a really good Woody Allen movie, which I think would excite everybody. Which he does every five or six films. Right, really the, yeah, the last few have not been uh, great, but uh, maybe... He makes good enough films. He doesn't ever... Wipe out, except for Curse of the Jade Scorpion. I mean, I, like Magic in the Moonlight. I was not a fan of that. I'm a Stone Conference from... But that had that moment where Colin uh, starts to feel that maybe there's something uh, to religion or spirituality or the or the cosmos. He has this moment, mm-hmm. and then he realizes at the end of that scene, "What am I doing?" I just, and he woke up, but there's a moment there where he's actually kind of melting in a spiritual way and and admitting to himself and to us. And Woody's saying that maybe there's something more than just what's in my head intellectually speaking even the bad moments in Woody Allen movies that you know even the bad movies have their moments yeah, uh, yeah. okay yeah. number 3 on your list is downsizing the next movie from Alexander Payne with Matt Damon and i don't want to say anything but i guess the what we're we're looting without saying anything is that it's it's got a wonderful premise and it's got a uh, uh, i've read a version of it and I know that it's going to get a lot of attention. You're going to want to see it for the low-key effects. It doesn't ever uh, you know, slam you across. But what we all saw in Vegas last March, 
It's, right. It's very grabby. So let's just leave it at that. And I know that Payne is a brilliant filmmaker, so it, it's got to be uh, worth, uh, uh, you know, the concept alone of people being reduced. It's, it's explained. It's about people being reduced not to three feet or two feet, but the size of your thumb. I'll uh, I'll put it this way. Um, I, I don't know how firm a ground, you know, th- this film's Oscar chances are. It's also going to be interesting to see what Paramount gets behind, what pony they start to push, mm. because they do have a couple movies. First of all, they have another Matt Damon movie in Suburbicon from George Clooney, mm-hmm. which is not on your list. Uh, and they have Aronofsky's Mother, which, uh, you know, I hear is just starting to screen internally. Uh, and I thought it looks fantastic. Really? What? Okay. What, Mother? It's starting to screen, like... For Paramount employees, and I hear every name. Oh, oh great. I, I hear Darren has to sign off on every single name on, on the list. Okay. Uh, you know, j- j- just like a Nolan, but uh, well, he's I understand earned it. It's, he's the movie it. is definitely crazy. It's, and it's, I can't uh, wait to see know, it. That trailer so. looked amazing. Yep. Um, and Lo- Jennifer Lawrence seems to really uh, go for it, uh, and she's uh, doing something else. Like any good actress, she's trying to expand into other realms, and this is more or less horror, but it's presumably sophisticated horror a la Polanski or something like that. Yeah, uh, I just, I think, you know, I'm really intrigued by Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris and the characters that they play. Mm. Uh, okay, you had the papers at number four, which we talked about. Number five, you've got Guillermo's movie, The Shape of Water, which I think looks terrific. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not a, the biggest fan of Guillermo's English language films. Uh, I don't think he's made anything better than, than Pan's Labyrinth. Um, but this looks like it could be a return to form. He said in so many words to me about two, three years ago, that he uh, wanted to go more in the direction of personal movies like Pan's Labyrinth, and I think this is probably one of those films, and it appears to be, especially since Sally Hawkins, who is probably going to wind up being Best Actress nominated, maybe, uh, because she is all uh, totally silent. She's a... uh, Yeah, it looks like this year's Amelie or something. You know. Uh, and that allows you. If you don't have the dialogue and all you have your your eyes, it's, it's, it could be a wonderful thing if, I, it's, if it's done right. So. I think it could be really good. Uh, and the people I've shown the trailer to have, have been very excited. Mm. Number six, you've got uh, Roman Israel Esquire. Not quite sure what to expect from this. Uh, it's the verdict. Okay. More or less. It's ethical. It's moral. It's, 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 it's values. And it's, it's Dan a, Gilroy, who made Nightcrawler, so he's a man. And it's, <laughs> it's going to be a very well-written script. And I think it's something along the lines of Denzel being a hustler, uh, not a, maybe not an ambulance chaser, but, you know, a, a cousin of that type of attorney. Who sort of, like, has, like, a an, like an enlightenment. Something like, comes right? to him, and he has to kind of say, am I going to go in this direction, or maybe am I going to turn Am I going to be a good yeah, guy? Yeah. Uh, okay, interesting. Okay. Um, well, I think he'll, he'll definitely be in the race. Uh, I'll be interested to see whether Colin Farrell uh, makes a really big impression in this movie. Uh, hmm. He has a couple things coming out this fall, so you know he could be in the awards race. Number seven, PTA's... Is he, what is he the partner of Denzel? What's his role, do you know? I think he is Colin the partner, Farrell? yeah. Okay. Um, Number seven, PTA's Phantom Thread. This is, to me, a huge wild card. I have no idea what to expect from this movie. I really can't wrap my head around what the premise is and what the movie is. I can't see it. I haven't a clue. If it's supposed to be based upon the fabled uh, um, designer... Name just flew out, but it's, it's, it's Charles real Dance, guy. right? Or but no, he, that's that's the Game of Thrones guy, isn't it? But he was definitely Charles ba- James, something yeah, like something that. Something like that. <laughs> but he was best based in uh, New York City, forties, fifties, sixties. I think he was pretty much over by the seventies. But it's set for some reason in London. But that's what it is. But you know, and I know that 
Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't really do Oscar type movies. He does his own. Realm. Yeah, the last. Yeah, the last movies have not been great. I don't think. Um, Kyle Buchanan alluded to this being like a Fifty Shades of Grayish kind of thing. Did you not see that that tweet? I missed it. Oh yeah, okay. uh, Kyle was talking about how this movie is a little kinky. Oh okay. Well, that now we'll see, see. the interest level just went up. Yeah, like, it, it, yes, it, uh, me, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and DDL, his last performance, maybe. Well, I don't think yeah, it we'll, is going to be his last performance. We'll we'll see. Um, but he's probably doing. He's announced that he's going to retire for the rest of his life, and he's going to become a designer himself. <laughs> and maybe that'll work out, but he'll probably it's probably a Steven Soderbergh or Frank Sinatra style retirement, which means four or five years and then back in or three or four years. I well, let's let's hope that's the case because it would be a shame to uh, to lose him. Mm. Um, number eight, you have the Greatest Showman. Uh, you re- were really impressed by this at CinemaCon, right? The, the sizzle reel. Yeah, every, everybody was. I mean, it's a, it's a big square musical that everybody's going to like have a good time with and uh, you know if you believe in tokenism as a as a you know the best picture uh, lineup usually has one of these movies that uh, you know your old, your parents or your older people will like and it's going to be very uh, buoyant and entertaining and you know I don't know what the arc is other than you know he be, he makes it as an entertain as a showman I don't know what the story is So some of my former staffers have seen it okay uh, they are no longer at the tracking board, so you can't get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they really liked it. They okay. said it was very good. Um, they are sort of, you know, inclined to love musicals. Uh, but um, did yeah. they think it was as like hip and, and 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 sort of different as La La Land, or was it um, more conventional in its approach to musicals? Or I what think are they it, saying? I think it looks a little bit more conventional. I didn't ask yeah. them that kind of a question. Mm. But so so here's what's interesting. Just in looking at, at your list here, mm. look at the Fox lineup. They are doing Spielberg, Guillermo, mm. The Greatest Showman, Battle of the Sexes, Dark. No, I'm Darkest Hours Focus. Uh, so that one's a little. You, you'll fi- oh, fix I got, that. I made a mistake. That's okay. Oh Don't, worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Three billboards. War of the Planet of the Apes. Like which of the and and to me, Logan's one of the top five movies I've seen all year. Yeah, like yeah. what a fucking year for Fox. Uh, and, and it's gonna be crazy to see what they really put their spend on. Uh, but Greatest Showman, I think, looks really good. So here, here's what I think Greatest Showman is competing with. Hmm. And you're gonna be like, what? How does this make sense? Hmm. Uh, Wonder. Well, here's the thing. Um, I was like you. I was at the in the audience where Lionsgate announced with uh, right the best test scores. All that shit's bullshit. Okay, test score (laughs) test score things are such bullshit. All right. Well, they they claimed it's the best thing they've ever tested ever. Yeah. And they did make the move uh, from April to November, I think. Yeah. Or October. Uh, Yeah, November, I believe. And so that's their, that's the, that's putting your you know your money where your mouth is, and mm-hmm. they're saying we believe this has fall potential. Then I heard more recently, after the well past the whole CinemaCon experience, that it's it's more about uh, being out at the time of families being together around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily. So uh, it's more of a commercial play. Who knows? Like that's that's what was behind the move. But that's what they were to, seeing. They to were me, seeing I just I yeah. see you know the whole. Embrace people who are different, like the freaks sort of thing. Mm. Uh, I think that's going to be a big part of The Greatest Showman, uh, particularly the, the bearded lady, who I've heard is a real standout and could be up for supporting actress. Mm. Um, so I think that that is The Greatest Showman's competition. Like, if Wonder... I think Wonder could turn out to surprise people. I think it could be really good. Steven Chbosky is a very thoughtful filmmaker who mm. did Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm. So I think one of those movies is going to get in. 
you know, Greatest Showman definitely has the edge right now. But if it, you know, if it ends up being closer to like a Lay Miz type of thing, eh. mm-hmm. uh, number nine, you have Battle of the Sexes. I think that this is close to a shoe in if Dayton and Ferris deliver, just based on the thematic material. If it's as well written as Little Miss Sunshine was, and they take their time in, in allowing you to get to know the, the characters and their challenges, and it, it could be a very satisfying feminist uh, drama uh, that it, it will, of course, uh, get into the whole thing with Billie Jean King hiding her relationship with a woman she was very much in love with and not and, and disengaging from her husband at the time or still with him or something. Sure, I'm not sure about that element of it, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it does have that. It has not not just the gender battle. But, you know, it, it is a gay film in a sense, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and Steve Carell and Emma Stone look really good. They look like they're just, like, locked into these roles. Um, Carell looks like I'm he's excited very for broad, this one. but then Bobby Riggs was very broad himself. So. Right. Uh, and I'm sure there's there's pain hiding beneath all that sort of yeah. bravura, yeah. whatever. Uh, number 10, Joe Wright's Darkest Hour. This is Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. He looks completely unrecognizable. Um, I totally buy that Gary Oldman's going to be in the Oscar race. Not only is he overdue, but he's you know one of our most brilliant actors. However, it's the second Dunkirk, right? It's it's, it's another Dunkirk. It's not just that. Mm-hmm. It's Joe Wright, and I'm not a big Joe Wright guy. I was so knocked out by his Anna Karenina. <laughs> it was so. Oh I Jesus it was, Christ! It deliberately used the proscenium arch of theater and made you feel as if you were sort of seeing this entire film within the theater. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, it was. I was knocked out by it. I can appreciate the artistry behind Joe Wright's work. It's just never spoken to me. Not atonement. Uh, atonement, everybody loved. Remember that big, that wonderful bravura oh. sequence with uh, Dunkirk and one big shot. Uh, yeah, that was great. Um, the only thing yeah, that didn't that's work. Impressive, but. Did you see his pan, his Peter Pan thing? I didn't. I didn't see it at all. Yeah, I heard no. it was really a tough one. He did, what, what did, I think he did a Black Mirror episode that was good. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm just not not a big Joe Wright guy. Uh, but hey, I'm willing to be proven wrong, and, and Gary Oldman certainly looks like a contender. Um, He's certainly going to be a best actor. So, so Focus has that one, mm. and they also have Victoria and Abdul. That's another one that I think could surprise uh, if it's good. Somebody mentioned you should have that in the list, and I said, "Oh yeah, well it looks. You know, Stephen Freer is obviously he knows how to do these. Uh, these it's going to be very tidy. It's not going to uh, go extreme. It's, and you know that uh, uh, Judy Dench is going to probably uh, get talk about her performance. Uh, but uh, it just looks. Um, it doesn't seem to have any surprises. Mm-hmm. Based I mean, upon it's not the kind of movie I'm like dying to see. Uh, I'm not like super excited about it, mm. but I think uh, Ali Fazal is a real up-and-comer to watch. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, mm. but uh, you know, maybe he finds himself in the supporting actor race. Okay. Um, number 11, Three Billboards. I, th- I think I know some people who have seen this. I'm, have you not seen it? Which one? Three, bu- three Billboards? Nope. I'm surprised um, that they have that not invited screen, you to see that. That film screened and it was very good and got very high marks from a couple people who saw it at a research screening last mm-hmm. October. And they resolutely refused to bring it to Cannes. And I'm glad it's finally going to be in Toronto anyway. I know people who have seen it, and, okay. and they say it's pretty good. And obviously, we're, we're expecting big things out of Frances McDormand. She, you know, sure. she, she won an Oscar for Fargo. I just realized uh, we probably have all the Best Actress uh, nominees we've already discussed. <laughs> yeah, looks, basically. You know. uh, and, and, and you close out your list with, with Apes and Get Out. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so let's talk about Get Out. Um, you think that this is you know, sort of the, the black film to beat? Or well, that's what everybody keeps insisting, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a it's a very skilled, uh, skillfully made 
um, engaging and, and, and grabby genre film that's more or less horror, but it's done in a, in a kind of a low-budgety, kind of John Carpenter-like way. And if John Carpenter had made this film in the 80s or the 90s or the late 70s, it would be very respected, it would be presumably popular and well-liked, but it's because of the uh, of the uh, of the of the black filmmaker thing. That's why it's getting the the, the best picture talk. I think because it's you know well, really, it, it it's, was super it's successful. Good, but it's not Pe- that great. People, yeah, that's the thing. If it was a better, a little bit better, I could see it. I don't think that the movie is quite good enough, especially on repeat viewings, to get in there. Um, and I also think, and this was not on your list, we had this chat uh, briefly before we started taping, mm-hmm. uh, Mudbound. I, th- I think if that movie is is good, and some people really liked it at Suntance, and some people were kind of unimpressed, and I know it's a Netflix movie, which could really hurt it in the scheme of things, but I know that they're making a big awards push for this. I think that that is sort of the, the big, the, the movie that represents diversity mm-hmm. the best, and so that could get a bump. Uh, so I take it that Netflix is going outside its usual thing and is going to give it theatrical. How does it work? I'm not that? sure what the deal is. Beast and No Nation was in a few theaters, wasn't it? Yeah. It must have been. Yeah, they definitely started yeah. out. I'm pretty sure Mudbound okay. is going to be the same situation. And if Mudbound, like Beast and No Nation, was one of those movies that people were like, "Why didn't this get in?" Mm. I didn't really think it deserved to get in. But if Mudbound's better than it, I think a Netflix movie could finally crack the field. It's it's um, a very humane film that says um, the things you want to have said Mm -hmm. about relations between different cultures and particularly people at the lower end of the economic scale but the truth about (laughs) my own reaction is that when I realized that I was stuck in this farming community Mm -hmm. in the lower end of Louisiana and and that it was basically no toilets and mud and and it was I I said I don't want to be here for a whole movie and you are and I didn't I really didn't that's fair no hey that's a fair reaction um and and personally i would if you had told me a movie starring jason clark and garrett headland is going to get and mary j blige is going to get into the best picture field she is good i've heard she's very good i've heard jason mitchell's good i think him too i think outside of denzel if there's going to be and i and i think i'm going to be working on a piece on this um outside of denzel if there's going to be any diversity in this year's oscar race Mm. it's going to come from this movie whether it's mary j blige or jason mitchell or d reese um, they're going to be making a real push, push for her in the best director race. Um, it's, a, it's a grim film, uh, and it ends. It goes into Mississippi burning territory without being too specific, and it's and it's was unwelcome on my part. I was really disappointed that that's where she, the story went. Um, and speaking of uh, Jason Clark, who is in Mudbound, he is also the star of Chappaquiddick, uh, which is going to Toronto. It was a late edition. Uh, you wanted to, to talk about that? Chappaquiddick is one of the best written, uh, true-life, fact-based dramas I've read in a long time. And uh, if you know anything about the Chappaquiddick case, it's it's very, very tough on Ted Kennedy. He is not uh, his his, the family, uh, a much less powerful force than they used to be. But still, it's 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 really a a brutal um, assessment of how he behaved and the whole. Concept of the uh, of the protected uh, you know uh, sky of a, of a heavily heavily connected uh, political family uh, being um, acting irresponsibly and acting kind of loathsomely mm-hmm. um, and there is uh, um, a depiction that was very difficult to read of what actually happened with Mary Jo Kopechnik that I'm uh, it was har- it was harrowing just to read it. You're talking about the script, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be one of the hot acquisition titles up at Toronto. Yeah. 
Um, there's a couple of other wild cards I wanted to discuss quickly. Do you th- so? There was a lot of talk about maybe Star Wars: The Force Awakens being nominated for, for Best Picture, which was an absurd, absurd discussion. Because uh, again, wasn't that good? Um, but you know, people say that that's why the Oscar race went to ten to get a movie like you know The Dark Knight in, or movies like uh, you know big blockbusters like Star Wars. Now, The Last Jedi is directed by Ryan Johnson, who is probably a better filmmaker than J.J. Um, do you think that Star Wars, if Ryan Johnson delivers like a solid blockbuster, do you think it could get in? Sure. I would like to see a movie like this get in if it is uh, really a good film. In other words, in my view, the only truly great Star Wars film is The Empire Strikes Back. Right. If it has it on that level, absolutely, and it, and it should be in there. And and that, you know, could this be The Empire Strikes Back, given that it is the second film in this new trilogy, seems exactly. to be from the strongest director. Hmm. Uh, you know, and J.J., remember, said, boy, I wish I was directing this one. This one, right. Because this is like, this is, the script is so together, and I just, you know, it hurts me that I'm not directing it. I, I feel like Lucasfilm almost had like an idea, like this is where we want things to start, and this is where we want things to end. And Ryan, go nuts in the middle, just yeah. make this shit connect. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that uh, is also really intriguing to me is Ridley Scott's movie, All the Money in the World. That's just a kidnapping drama, and it's really basically about the uh, the the, the, um, the young Getty. Uh, is it John Paul Getty the third? Yeah, yeah. And how his dad didn't want to pay the money, and he finally gave it up. It just said. It, I, I, you think it's just a commercial play? doesn't sound like it's got an interesting enough story. Like it has an Oscar the, hook. What would that be? No, you're saying it, you, it doesn't sound like it has an it Oscar hook. It doesn't sound like it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice that Ridley Scott is, is dealing in sort of low-key realism. And uh, trying. whenever he does low-key, I loved um, The Counselor. That was by far the best thing he's done <laughs> in many, many years. Another one I will disagree with you on respectfully. Well, I'm not saying I emotionally warmed to it, but it's a really brilliant, cold uh, heart, you know, um, his his approach. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that you will never forget. I've seen it three times now. Oh, I'm I'm just looking forward to a, to a trailer for all the money in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was one other movie on your list that uh, that I was surprised: The Current War. Uh, yeah, that's um, the Weinstein Company's sort of big awards pony with uh, Cumberbatch. And no, you don't it, think it so? Just seemed, you know, two big personalities: uh, Edison and uh, and um, uh, from, I just forgot his name. Tesla. Westing, Westinghouse. Tesla. Isn't it Tesla? Yeah, also? it's Tesla, Westinghouse. It's the three yeah. of them, yeah. Right. So I don't know. Maybe. It, it, it doesn't feel like it's uh, well, um, I shouldn't say not well written enough, but I have a feeling that it's just going to be big personalities, big discoveries, scientific uh, uh, adventurism, if you will, uh, um, uh, jealousy, who's got the uh, the advantage, that kind of thing. It, you know, it just sounds okay. Do, you know, Hollywood yeah. loves movies about Hollywood and, and the making of movies. Do you think the, the disaster artist has any chance? The James Franco movie? It's, it was really, really well-loved at um, yeah. South by Southwest. It has good buzz. And I've been looking, actually, to see it before the, the hubbub starts. A24 has that. They have The Killing of the, of the Sacred Deer, which you yeah. did not like. Did you see that? I hated it. Yeah, you thought it was repellent. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought the trailer uh, looked really good. I wasn't good, the so. only one. There was no, of slight, course not. Slight booze at the end of that screening. I and they have The Florida Project, too, which you know Jeff and I would love to see. I asked, I asked Sean Baker himself, can yeah. I please see this before it starts? I would love to just 
see yeah. it. I know it's good. I hear it. I tried to get in to see it at Cannes. I got to the theater. It was on, at the arcade. On mm -hmm. the, and the line was, like, down at the end of the block. And I was there, like, 45 minutes before. So forget it. Yeah. So I, I mean, guys, we're big fans of Tangerine here. We want to see yeah. Florida Project hook it up. Um, uh, a couple others are Link Ladder's movie, Last Flag Flying. That I am really excited to see, actually. And I would love it. No, that's December, isn't it? Or is yeah, it November? Uh, November. Yeah, November. So that is something I'm, um, I have a feeling. You can't, you can't sleep on Link Ladder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... That's the last detail, for those who don't know. It's, it's basically the last detail of characters, what, 25 years later? And it's somebody's kid. I think it's, uh, is it uh, Larry Fishburne's yeah, kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid from uh, Everybody Rock. Wants Some, yes. Yeah. Uh, and do you think there's any possibility that anyone from the ensemble of Murder on the Orient Express gets nominated? Like who? I don't know. I mean, someone was nominated from the original, though, weren't they? Uh, I'm pretty sure they were. The only thing I know about is that Johnny Depp is the murdered figure, and that's kind of amusing. <laughs> yeah. he's I don't know. That, that could be a, 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 an actually a good adult uh, commercial movie. Yeah. All right, so th that, that'll do it for Oscar Talk. We'll, we will move on. Okay. Um, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about The Ankler? Yeah, well, I love I love it uh, every day. I get mentioned, uh, you know. There's a there's the, the Wells moment at the end, of, and I, I was enormously flattered. And I've and I've talked to Rushfield, and it's a daily thing. He's, and then he suddenly, out of the blue, stopped doing the daily thing. And I wrote to him. I said, "Everything good? You know, you're, how, how's it how's it going?" And he says, "Well, you know, uh, you know, kids at home and everything." But I, I just hope he gets back into it the way he does because I think it's uh, he's and he really just goes crazy with with uh, these assessments of the flaws and. You know, the, of like Tom Rothman. And, he know. he lets a rip, and he definitely has it out for Tom Rothman. It's pretty rough. I uh, was an early adopter of the Ankler. I've told everybody I know to to start subscribing to it, mm -hmm. uh, and I've forced all my employees to do so as well. Um, I just think it, it's really smart. Uh, I think Richard is really smart, and I and I like you know his idea of just a new just a, a newsletter once a day. Yeah. Comes out at all random times too. And very tradey, very numbers oriented, very power oriented. It's right. not not at all in the realm of what I do or whatever. But yeah, it's becoming know. a must He's read in in yeah. the industry. And if he can get, yeah. you know, twenty thousand people subscribing to this newsletter, five bucks a pop, you, you're making six figures, That's right? Totally worth so it. For me, it so it's, it's it's pretty smart. Mm. So you're not offended. You don't feel like he's poking fun of you at all with this daily wells. Yeah, a little bit. He thinks I'm colorful, and so he includes a colorful quote. But but fine. but it drive. Does this, let me ask you. Does it drive traffic to your site? Yeah. Okay. Sure. But the the site is never going to get Walmart read uh, 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 the Walmart crowd from Missouri. It's uh, very uh, media centric. It's very industry industry centric. Mm -hmm. uh, directors, they all read it. But it's just it's not uh, it's not a huge uh, readership. It's just that it's it's niche. It's uh, and so is there more niche people being driven? Yes. So. Um, now. Is that is it is it frustrating at all being the little guy? Because you know one of the things that that ticked me off about all this James Bond shit this week is that here comes Daniel Craig and he's lying to every journalist uh, under the sun because he wants to save the big reveal for Stephen Colbert. Yeah. It's got to go to a big A list yeah. name. Do you yeah. feel like that sometimes? Where it's like, you know, why aren't I getting this interview? Oh, because we got to talk to Scott or Chris or Pete. You know, like yeah. does yeah. do you, do you feel like that? Is there any resentment? Uh, the resentment is. Uh are not that heavy because I see myself as a counterpuncher. Uh, mm. You know, the, the story breaks and then I'll come in the next day and it's mostly about, uh, you know, it's opinion and, and basically I've heard this and yet there's another angle to it, that kind of thing. So that's okay. I don't, I don't mind being... I do um, resent that increasingly and I w thank God for the uh, 
Oscar strategists, the Lisa Tabaks, the Cynthia Swartz's. The, you know, they they are my, they look out for they you. They look out for me, mm -hmm. and because uh, it was strictly the agencies uh, deciding which kind of buys, uh, they don't um, they don't have their hand on the community. They don't they don't uh, talk to people. Who right, they're just they're just looking at the traffic numbers. Strictly right. Traffic, yeah. Uh, I talked to one of these guys about a week and a half ago. I was set up that we were supposed to have a little chat, and this guy got in touch. So let's do it. Then he suggested a a Skype. Uh, thing where I was supposed to dial a certain number on Skype, and then we would all be on the, at the ready. And I, I confessed to him, I, I don't understand what we're doing here. I don't know if there's a Skype connection. I could hear the guy's voice. Mm -hmm. His his enthusiasm for me as a person dropped immediately when I said I didn't understand this Skype thing. So <laughs> our, our, our uh, conversation went downhill from there. But I basically said, you guys have never uh, been on my team. I, I wish you would be, but you're just doing what your job is, which is to identify the traffic and the best coverage and therefore, that's what you recommend. So they don't understand the voices, the Richard Rushfield, the Sasha Stone, the Jeffrey Wells, the Jeff Snyders. So. Yeah, un 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 <laughs> that is true and unfortunate. They don't want to understand. But you guys are, you listen, yeah. you're the, you're, you are the best reads, uh, you know, in, in the industry. Um, I'm really glad. I hope Rushfield keeps going because I love that he's got a very specific tone and an attitude. So it's great that he's out there. We need people yeah. filling the void that, that you know, Nikki Fink has sort of left behind, unfortunately. And, mm. and there's a lot of talk of whether she's going to come back to Deadline in, in some form. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, that talk has been around for a while. Uh, but, you know, regarding the daily rigors of, of Hollywood Elsewhere, like, how many posts are you filing roughly a day? I have to do, in my mind, I have to do at least four or five. And when I am really get rolling, seven or eight. Okay. Do you, I mean, so, so you've put that pressure on yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, people got to be checking, have to be checking in two, three times a day, ideally. Uh, most people don't, but um, I, I feel that I've got to keep it moving. And if I, uh, there's something significant out there that has happened, and I haven't gotten into it at least within 24 hours, if not 12 or sooner, then I'm really dropping the ball and I get guilty and I, I just can't think about anything else. But. <laughs> making sure that I cover the right things, and uh, that's my life. I like that you yeah. have you know injected a bit of your personal life because it's like, what's the point of reading a columnist if you don't know anything about the columnists themselves? And so you you recently got married. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you still call her the SRO. Well, Is that... Tatiana, but yes, SRO. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how it started. So. I, I mean, have, have people uh, been been supportive of, of this relationship? Have you gotten sh like? Sh have there been commenters being like? We don't want to hear about this crap. Like, no, okay. No, I just, you know, because I don't dwell on. I'm not going to talk about my personal life into it. I'm just basically posting photos, and we did this, and you know, it's a, it's been a good. Uh, we talked about uh, the only time I talked about uh, the personal stuff was when I we the day we got married, which is out at La Piedra State Beach, mm -hmm. and I conveyed some of the essence of what my vows were, and that was kind of an emotional thing. But otherwise, uh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to talk about my inner. Emotional, personal stuff. Sure, sure. But but as far as um, the the column um, uh, and my recent uh, attempts to uh, generate a little extra income, I didn't think it was that crazy because I feel that like, certain public publications like The Guardian and others, they said, listen, we need supplementary just to uh, kind of make things work because the model that we began on is not currently working. I'm not saying that my model is not working. It's fine. It's just that uh, I usually... In the spring and summer and early fall, I'm able to sell uh, little nickel and dime buys, uh, and those are tougher. The The Oscar season, which is 90, 95% of, mm -hmm. the, of the income, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. 
it's the nickel and dime ones. And I've always been able to kind of convince them. I have to actually, you know, uh, beg and plead. But they do uh, run these, and it's been tougher. Do you f- so you find that the piece of the pie that's allocated for sort of the independent awards blogger uh, has been Definitely being muffled aside by the, by the rap and Hollywood Reporter and Variety and Deadline. They're, they're very voracious. They, they eat up all the income. It's finite. I mean, there's a certain amount of money that they're right. willing to spend. They all have... Uh, an acknowledgement that that we uh, that uh, a column like like mine or, or yours or like Sasha's is worth maybe they used to say it was worth 10k, then they <laughs> kind of been chipping away at that right, and then you have to kind of see if you can get them back up. I mean it's it's been. I don't want to get into it too. Sure, sure, sure. No, t- but, but but times are tough, uh, you know, out there for I think uh, a lot of publications, mm. uh, and there have certainly been rumors about you know the health of the the, the big trades too. So, uh, what else do we got here? I thought Variety was steady. And Variety's always strong. Gonna, and Variety's strong. always going to be steady. I've the, heard that the Hollywood Reporter for a long time has is, is, is never been really profitable. Those rumors have plagued the Hollywood Reporter for for ages, but. I don't want, but to, I, but I don't see any layoffs. Yeah. So yeah. and nobody wants you know? to see it go away. And they're good. Uh, Listen, Hollywood yeah. Reporter is doing fucking amazing work right now. Yeah. So I, I can't can't talk shit, and you know I would if I could. Right. Um, and I love Jim, Scott Feinberg, and I love Boris um, Kitt, and the whole, the whole all good guys. Matt Bellany, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what did we see this week in the news? We saw that Emma Stone's the highest paid actress of the year. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Now, when did that? You know this better. When did that begin? What? With what film? What I have no idea, but I think they basically said it, it's because of La La Land, which is like, how is that possible? Unless she got some kind of points, she must have had some major Maybe. points if yeah. she's the, the highest paid. I just, mm. I thought it was. Listen, I thought it was a little rich because Emma Stone has has sort of said that her male co stars have taken pay cuts for her, and it's like. I like that. That was that made Brian Gosling uh, look like a good it, guy. If it's know? if it's it true, first of all, we don't know if that's the co-star she was referring to. But we, it's all we don't know if it's true. Like I'm really trying to picture actors like willingly giving up money and agents allowing that. But it's also like you're you're the you're the highest paid actress. You're getting paid nine more than ninety nine percent of men. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was this, a little surprised. Is this based upon deals uh, that she has made since La La Land came out or that, something? Yeah, or? Th- exactly. I'm, I don't know exactly how the list is calculated, and I think okay. endorsements are part of it. And it's yeah. like, you know, if it is, the more, majority of it is points, because La La Land is not a huge budget. Nobody's Ryan and them are not getting paid $20 million salaries for mm-hmm. that. Uh, they probably took pay cuts, and you know, in addition for the back end. Um, but that's about the success of the film. You know, mm-hmm. best pick, you know, getting nominations... That makes the box office go up, which makes her salary go up. Mm, mm. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting because I, I was a little surprised that it was Emma Stone. Mm. Um, we, there's a Nosferatu remake from the director of The Witch, and he's going to reunite with his leading lady, Anya Taylor-Joy. I, I, know, you, I know you don't follow the, the, mm. the, that kind of I development it, news, but like, it, yeah. do you think that there should be a Nosferatu remake, or do you think this is a terrible idea? And the did last, you like The Witch? The last like, purest no- Nosferatu remake was The Herzog, right, in the early 80s? But yeah, actually uh, called Nosferatu, right? And that's what yeah. this one is going to be called, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So yeah, that's thirty years ago. Sure. Okay. You know, I mean, that means a bald Dracula, right? It's going to be like right. like Klaus Kinski and and uh, yeah. Okay. I, I imagine. I don't know. Robert Egg- Eggers has up his sleeve, but were you a fan of The Witch? I love The Witch. Actually, I, okay. I own the Blu-ray of The Witch. I was uh, knocked out that I, I was so sorry that I didn't see it at Sundance. And I didn't. I realized that that is this guy is good. He really. Um, so no, I mean the director alone. That that I mean I'm sorry that he's not doing something a little more original because 
how many times can you see the classic Dracula thing? But right. still, he's working on a, on another movie over there at Studio Eight called uh, The Night, I believe. Um, he's first rate. He is. Um, I, I was. I mean, that's why I got the Blu-ray. I I, I love this film. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, and speaking of horror movies, it. Coming out in September, tracking for a fifty to sixty million dollar opening. Is that solely because of the image of the clown with the lips and the whole thing? That, that's why. I'm not sure. I was shocked when it was like the most viewed trailer, you know, and those stories were circulating a couple months ago. Um, it's clever. It's a it's a it's a catchy trailer, but it's got to be just that one single visual that everybody's locked into. Um, nobody really knows. But I here's I've I have said. It's not so much what I anticipate the, the money is going to be or how catchy the marketing is. It's that the, the director, uh, Muschietti, mm -hmm. Andres Muschietti, is really something else. And I base that entirely upon my absolute worship of Mama, which uh, he uh, <laughs> did with uh, Guillermo del Toro mm -hmm. uh, producing. Superbly made film. And, uh, you know, one of those less is more almost Val Luton-ish mm -hmm. films that doesn't, uh, you know, cover you in, in effects. And it's... it's, it's I think it's one of the best-made uh, horror films of the 21st century. Well, I'm down. going to disagree with you on that, but it, uh, I, <laughs> I've heard, is fantastic. I know a lot of people have seen it, and they say okay. it's really good. I'm glad Yeah, I, I wasn't, I mean, Mama was like, I don't know, two two-star movie. Yeah. It was okay. It, it wasn't bad. Um, Jessica Chastain was really good in that, too. Though. Jessica Chastain, also in Molly's Game. Yeah, yeah. You sent me up for the segue, which yeah. had a trailer this week. Did you think it looks good? Are you excited about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I always like the uh, the the, the forward energy of any Aaron Sorkin written film. Um, it's about a defense. It's about basically uh, Molly, what's her last Molly name? Bloom, and her being uh, basically uh, facing some jail time for being an Ill illegal. But the whole thing, uh, poker game. But the whole thing was that basically uh, people were interested in this in this idea because it was about Leonardo DiCaprio and and Toby and, and, yeah, and Toby yeah. and the other Ben Michael Affleck. Sarah will be playing Player X, who's yeah. sort of a stand-in yeah. for the, those big actors. And it's very specifically you, you can read a, a portion in which Matt uh, in which to Toby McGuire won a hand by bluffing, and it's very specifically alluded to. And the exact same scene is in the film, so everybody knows. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm a big Sorkin fan, and, and I love uh, Jessica. I, I really liked um, what was the movie last year that got overlooked. Uh, the, the gun movie. I'm totally blanking totally on it. Miss Sloan. Miss Sloan. Sloan. No, that um, one, I didn't actually think he, that movie was too good, actually. Uh, okay. Um, it was too, too strident. And by the way, Idris Elba is going to be uh, the guy who I think walks away with this. She's, Ooh, playing, okay. it, she's playing it very tough, and it's, she's flinty. She's got this chilly, flinty thing that she was also doing in Miss Sloan, and I don't think that's very interesting. If you're just tough and you have all the angles and nobody's going to get to me right. and, and I'm going to figure out a way around you and that kind of – it's just not very well, – we'll, we'll see if Sorkin has sort of found a way, you know, to, to get behind, under, underneath that sort of uh, hard shell. He certainly understands um, what third act beats and he knows how to soften things up and get you in the third act. So that's what I'm trusting. All right. Well, it is 10 a.m. and I've got to get you out of here. Is there Thank anything you. else that you wanted to discuss before we leave in the last like two or three minutes of this show? Uh, just that I'm very much looking forward to the Scotty documentary, which will reveal all the uh, tangy sex lives of Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, and others. And this is going to be at the Toronto Film Festival, and it's based upon the book Full Service, which is a good read if you're looking to see who was allegedly doing what back in the golden stu studio era of the mm -hmm. 30s and 40s and 50s. 
Okay, uh, Jeffrey Wells from Hollywood Elsewhere. Where can we find you on on Twitter and whatnot? Uh, Wells H Wood. Wells H Wood, folks. Oh. Uh, make sure to uh, patron his site. It is a it is a great read for anybody who loves the industry. I am Jeff Snyder, editor in chief of the Tracking Board, tracking boardcom uh, Check out my interview with uh, Siddharth Dhananjay from Patty Cakes going up today. And uh, yeah, continue listening to the Popcorn Talk Network. Rate, comment, subscribe. Simon Thompson will be back next week. I don't know who will be guest hosting. I will be out. Uh, shit, did I just give away a, a secret surprise? <laughs> uh, have a great weekend, gang, and see Patty Cakes, Logan Lucky, all that stuff. Take care. That was easy. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.